Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Donnie DeVet, surely one of the most loved and revered mentors to so many in the South African wine industry. I've called you today because we said goodbye to Dampy Bailey this week. And for as long as I've known you, you and Dampy have been an incorrigible team. Best of friends and the best partners in crime. Thank you so much for joining me on my Biz News Corner today. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you for the honor for me to speak about Dampy. Isn't it just? Well, as I said, you and Dampy, you went clip, he went clop. Whenever I thought of you, I thought of Dampy and vice versa. Where did you first meet Dampy? Well, when I came back, I studied in Germany. And when I came back to South Africa in 1972, uh, he came with Wouter Pina, who was working with Stenhamus Farmers Winery in those days, uh, out to the Wetzhof. And I met them in my first harvest on the vets of 1972. That's amazing. It's a very, very long friendship. Yeah. If you were to encapsulate what you think Dampy brought to the industry, give us a little rundown of what you think his, his contribution has been. Yeah, it's uh, enormous. Let uh, me start with that word, and then I will explain to you why I say yes. that. If one now really look at the industry and how the industry developed, in the last, let's call it, uh, almost 50 years, because that's how long I know Dampy. Uh, next year it will be 50 years. Then uh, there over the years been a lot of development. I mean, in the late 70s, for instance, the mid of the 70s, started the beginning of the so-called wine of origin system. Yes. And uh, in the beginning it was what they call the certification system, but later it becomes origin system. And the uh, implementation of that in 1979, uh, Dampy was on that board and later the Wine and Spirits board. 
then also the cultivars, red varieties, he was on that. Then also he was for many, many years the chairperson of um, helping actually the Wine and Spirits Board to sort of put out not only the districts like Robertson or Tilbuck or whatever, but also the wards like yes. Constantia or smaller regions within that. And of course, the wards had to be linked to some form of uh, scientific basis in terms of similar climate, similar soil types, similar origin site of expression. He was chairman of that. And this country has actually developed a lot in that field. Yes. And uh, then later with laws that come, you know, for instance, uh, it's ridiculous to think about things like that, but uh, we had certain laws that we were only allowed to have 30 grams of sugar in wine. <laughs> otherwise, you must, otherwise, you must fortify the wine. And the only exemption exempt, actually was in 1969 when Gunter Bresel made the first uh, Edelkir. Yes. And we had to get permission specifically to make that style of wine because the sugar was going over 30 and it's not going I didn't know that. I didn't know that he had to get permission for that. And then I was also in the meetings uh, in the beginning of the 80s where I actually was challenging them on this because I want to make some German wines, German style of Auslese. Yes. And uh, and they said to me, uh, of course, those were words that we never spoke outside, but they said to me, Danny, you must remember there's a surplus in the industry and we need to sell alcohol. So we must actually always create a market for the alcohol that <laughs> is sold. And then I said, and the price for that is that we can't actually develop, you know, semi-sweet wines, mostly yes. type of wines. Baby was in that, and uh, there is not a single, and if I say not a single, there is not a single board, committee, working group, think tank that actually was targeting to develop the South African wine industry in whatever, from brandy to wine to uh, demarcation of regions to whatever. Yes. To sit there and Dampy was chairman in some of them, but he was literally on all of them. So there you had a very intelligent person. I mean, he was at university a very good student. He was highly intelligent, yeah. Yeah, highly. And then he went to Davis, California, and after that he also went to Harvard in America, at Boston. And uh, so he was well educated and uh, always with a smile. Yes. Always a gentleman, always an extremely civilized person. Yes. And will never ever talk negative about wine or about people. And he always said, people and wine, you must treat the same. If you don't have something good to say, shut up, drink the glass. <laughs> walk away from the person. <laughs> and uh, so he was always positive. And I think that was also the reason why whenever we had to do in the industry a form of thinking ahead, he could fit in because he had this enormous background of general knowledge, also exposure on what's going on internationally, 
knowing many, many people. So in other words, if he doesn't know, he knows who to find, yes. talk to. And there is not a single person that I've ever come across that actually doesn't like to be in his company. I just I was and chatting uh, earlier to Vin, to Winnie Bowman, and we were just saying what fun Dampy was. He was always yeah. whenever I flew to Cape Town for a function of any description, I always hoped that Dampy was on the guest list, and he inevitably was because, as you say, he was just such a big part of the wine industry and such a big part of so many people's lives. And whenever I got to the function, I used to make a beeline for Dampy because he was just fun to be with. He was naughty. He was a very mischievous little person. He was clever. He was witty. He was funny. I loved being with Dampy Bailey. And, of course, as you say, almost nothing in the industry for the last 60 years went without his notice or his special touch that went, you know, that just to put like a finishing touch on it. Yeah. He was part of each and everything, even up to now, when he turned 80. I remember, I can still remember when he turned 40, when he turned 50. I can't mm-hmm. remember, I don't know why, he must have been overseas when he turned 60. But I remember when he turned 70, when he turned 80. Were always nice parties. Yes. Always good wine. And some old stuff. And Donnie, <laughs> and Donnie did he, he never had his own wine farm, did he? No, no, he never. He was farmer's. And then he bought later that uh, little small sort of land where he actually still lived, uh, and Sue still is. Yes. And then he had a couple of cattle there. And, uh, he he loved his ago, cattle. For instance, uh, we started also with Lucerne a couple of years ago just to rest the soils after we actually uh, moved vineyards. Yes. And then I supplied him with some discern, and uh, he will always tell me, you know, Speaker, that was the name of the bull. <laughs> Everybody Spaker, knew Speaker. <laughs> Speaker needs discern. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew Speaker. And he needs discern because of the soil <laughs> of the vessel. <laughs> 